Tis the season to give something delicious. Give the gift of gourmet Italian foods with Delalo's handcrafted gift collection. With over 50 thoughtfully curated options or the ability to build your own, these collections are perfect for foodies, family, and friends. From gourmet pastas, olive oil, and biscotti to epic antipasti and charcuterie boards. And of course, irresistible Italian sweets and snacks. They have it all. Give the gift of culinary delight with Delalo's gift collection. Shop today at Delalo.com. Happy Gifting. WhoThatDaily.com. That's right. The WhoThatDaily.com. Your one-stop shop for everything New Orleans Saints, New Orleans Pelicans, LSU Tigers, even the top flight boxing. So if you're a WhoThat and you're looking for a place to stay up on your team, WhoThatDaily.com is your site. The WhoThatDaily.com for the sport WhoThat in all of us. Your black and gold home for the New Orleans Saints. TSC Friday installment. We're doing it early. Big ups to the great sake think tank. And like I've been saying for some time now, welcome, welcome, welcome. You're now rocking with the sports coma with Big Q and the guys. But we have intense, entertaining, educating, and enlightening sport talk from your favorite sports family. I'm Big Q. I'm in the building. Much love to the great sake think tank. I appreciate you guys for being in the live stream with me on this one. Very tough uh, dealing with another Lost Saints currently on a four game slide, man. And the last of it was very troublesome. Uh, certain uh, aspects of the team just totally quit, offensively speaking. Uh, defensively, uh, they were just worn down. But the offense is so tragically bad that it drags down other units of the Saints team as a whole. And it's very, uh, very sad. But anyway, we'll get into the recap on this game uh, as well. Saints go down 31-6 to in a blaze. Four-game slide. And let me tell you something. When you dig a hole, you got to figure out how to get out of that thing. And the Saints, man, I tell you, four-game losing streak, uh, team efforts not there uh, as well. People don't know what the hell they're doing on offense. And we ain't just talking about uh, guys that are 
the backup guys, as they like to call them, a third-string team or whatever, like Swade likes to refer to them as. We're talking about Terron Armstead. We're talking about Cesar Ruiz. We're talking about Eric McCoy. We're talking about offensive linemen that are not on the same page for whatever reason. But, of course, the big obvious fact is that Trevor Simeon at the quarterback position is 0-4, which is problematic, especially as a team, offensively speaking. The Saints are not putting it all together, and that's an issue. So with that being said, we're going to recap this thing and open up uh, for commentary from the family members. A few items that we have to go over here. And of course, as you can see, 31 to 6 Saints destroyed. It says uh, at TSC Saints blasted by the Bills 31 to 6 recap reaction in this one. And of course, if you can stand it, I'm going to run through these statistics first down Saints. 21 to 12 advantage Buffalo. The Saints at one time didn't have a third down conversion. They were five of 14 on the game. One of three on fourth down versus eight of 13 by the Buffalo Bills. We had a pretty, uh, pretty positive uh, offensive output running and throwing the football against the black and gold total plays uh, Buffalo 62 to the Saints 57, 361 total yards versus just 198 by the Saints 10 to 11. On the drives, advantage Saints, six, almost six yards per play. The Saints, 3.3, half of that, 248 in the passing game for the Bills versus 146 by the New Orleans Saints. You look at the rushing attack, the Saints, sadly, only 44 rushing yards versus 113 by the Buffalo Bills. They had 32 carries for 3.5 yards per carry. The Saints, 44 carries, 25 attempts for a measly two yards per attempt which we talked about what Coach Payton was trying to do. He was literally trying to run the ball in the second half, but the offensive line was so pathetic, so impudent, so ridiculous, so weak, so flimsy, so trash, so disgusting, so foul, you know, that they couldn't even muster enough uh, gumption, heart, balls, to be able to help the running game balance the Saints offense. And as a result, they were suffocated. The Buffalo Bills basically did what any good coach would do was neutralize the Saints and force uh, Trevor Simeon to beat them, which he could not, which is not a secret because we've been saying that if Trevor Simeon can't beat teams by itself, he's not that type of player. You need to give him the full effort of the offense, meaning the running game, which opens up the pass. The Saints could even run the ball, man. Couldn't even run the ball. And if you watch the body language of the offensive linemen, they did a better job of pass blocking versus run blocking. But run blocking was pathetic. It was absolutely shitty. It was garbage. It was one of the worst that I've seen in a long time since, well, actually, since the Carolina game of week two, to be honest with you. All right, let's get back into this stuff, man, because I can barely stand it anymore. All right. And, of course, red zone. Saints was in the red zone one time the whole damn game. Two or four by the Buffalo Bills. Penalties really didn't make a difference. Four of 24 by the black and gold, 435, four for 35 by the Bills. Two turnovers. The Saints had two interceptions. The uh, I mean, the offense couldn't do anything with them. And, of course, Trevor Simeon threw the ball into a dead man territory. I don't know what he was throwing at. But there were several passes by Trevor Simeon throwing in dead man's land. I just uh, I don't know what the hell he was looking at. But just throwing the ball to areas where there was uh, – it's just really dumbfounding. And, of course, the time of possession. Make mental note of this because we'll come back and redress this as we continue to tacking on 
to everything else that been happening with the black and gold is the fact that if you look at what happened with their rushing attempts, I mean, excuse me, not the rushing attempts, but the possession of T.O.P. 34, 38 for the Buffalo Bills versus 25, 22 for the Saints. Pretty much what that means is 35 minutes, over 35 minutes of a 60 minute game. Your defense, your defense, Demario Davis, Cam Jordan and company, Marshawn Lattimore, were all on the field for that allotment of time which is absolutely ridiculous that the defense will spend thir- almost 35 minutes on the field of a 60-minute contest, and you understand why defenses would start to crack at some point. And this is in a parade, a, concessive, a concessive, consecutive parade of comedy, Street Stooges-level football in terms of the offense is concerned, where people, were, including myself, were anticipating the Saints to do what they did in several previous contests, offensively speaking, which would then backload the game with points in the fourth quarter in a, in a fee, uh, frivolous attempt of making a comeback. Well, that didn't happen in this game. Absolutely collapsement occurred, an implosion starting with the offensive line that was totally uh, dominated by the defensive line of the Buffalo Bills. Give the Buffalo Bills people credit. Give them credit. Don't act sour and let's not get uh, getting into a mentality where we don't understand what it is. Uh, the Saints, the Buffalo Bill defensive line, just just take, took the heart from the black and gold. They took it from them. They took it. They dominated the line of scrimmage, and the Saints could not run the ball. They barely could pass protect. Trevor Simeon had his issues as he kept stepping. He refused to step up in the pocket on those sacks to make throw. Had he stepped up into the pocket, he probably would have thrown an interception or uh, incompletion. Anyway, he simply did not have it. And that's why Trevor Simeon is a third stringer because they can only win for a small period of time before people get a, a certain amount of tape on them, figure out their tendencies, and then they're moved back further into the bench and onto somebody else. The only protection for a third string quarterback is Trevor Simeon is the running attack where the play action gets involved and then it creates a balancement, so to speak, where the Saints could be able to do some, do some things. Running game simply not there. The pressure was on Trevor Simeon to make plays. He could not. Saints lose. A good game plan by Buffalo. So, you know, however you feel about it, you've got to give the Buffalo Bills people credit because they handled up. They did what they were supposed to do. They neutralized and one-dimensionalized the New Orleans Saints offensive pretty much to be honest with you the saints did it to themselves they looked like they weren't even prepared in this game individual statistics now trevor simeon finished the game uh 17 of 29 for 163 5.6 yards per throw one touchdown and interception two pick uh two sacks were upon him and he had a qbr of a beautiful 14.4 how about that that is absolutely miserable and then a rating of 71.5 and don't forget that great fake punt in which Blake Gillikin tried to find uh, LaJordan Humphrey, <laughs> sailed five yards over his head. All right, New Orleans also the running attack, and we, you know, I made mention of it. Tony Jones had 16 carry attempts uh, for 27 yards. That's less than two yards per carry. The longest was an 11-yard scamper is how he got them with the bulk of that yardage. Ty Montgomery, six carries for 14 yards. He did a little bit better at 2.3, and Trevor Simeon did scramble three times for only three yards. Altogether, a cumulative effort of 25 rushes for 44 yards, averaging two less than two yards. That is that is impudence at the highest level. New Orleans, the receiving staff, LaJordan Humphrey had three for 47, Trey Quine four for 31, Ty had five for 31, Callaway two for uh, 24 off of four attempts. And of course, Nick Vanette 
he got his first touchdown as a black and gold guy at one for 11 yards in the score. Adam Prentice, the backup fullback, had a catch, and Deontay Harris was throwing that five times on the came up with the ball one time. We'll have some news on Deontay Harris after this. DeMario led the team in tackles with 10 tackles, followed by Marcus Williams. Bradley Roby had eight tackles. Laddie Daddy had a tough day, five tackles. Paulson Adebo also had a pretty tough day. Four for him and Quan Alexander alone, P.J. Williams, and uh, Hosea Bronson. Now, sacks, as far as the Saints defense is concerned, Carl Grandison got a sack yesterday, as well as Caden Ellis. They came in there, and that's the only two sacks the Saints were able to muster, but they did put pressure. Thanks to Cam, who had one tackle in the matchup, was able to hit the hand of Josh Allen, forcing an interception by Quan Alexander, who got one. And, of course, Bradley Roby stepped in front of one. They shut down with, with potentially two Buffalo scoring drives and neutralized them. And, of course, one of the interceptions, the Quan Alexander interception, was on the back of what happened after the referees ruled that Buffalo had an ineligible player downfield, which drew the flag that took a touchdown from Knox, the tight end for Buffalo, off the board, which led into the interception by Quan Alexander. So, I mean, that was a plus and really could have been a lot worse if you think about it which you, I really don't want to think about it, to be, <laughs> to be honest with you. Blake Gilligan was having a busy day besides his one incompletion. Five punts for 235 yards, 47 yards per punt, and the longest was a 53-yarder for the Saints. And, of course, a few uh, notes for the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen, the big quarterback, 23 of 28 for 260 yards, averaged 9.3 yards per throw. Four touchdowns, of course, the two interceptions. He was sacked a couple of times. Average 75.9, almost 76% uh, percent from his QBR and had a rating of 115.2, which besides the interceptions, uh, the, the Buffalo Bills did a good job of keeping their offense on schedule. Devin Singletary, 15 carries for 44 yards. Josh Allen, which if you go back and watch the preview streams that we do every Friday, Saturday, uh, Friday, and if something if we have to shift it to Saturday, we'll do it. You've seen that Josh Allen, the scouting report, and we listed it said that uh, really, we created our own scouting report on the upcoming rival, and we uh, pinpointed and talked about that, the fact that the Saints could not allow the Buffalo Bills quarterback, Josh Allen, to leak out and create plays with his feet. Put one in the chat, family, if you remember, and you watched the show and you heard we talked about that. We basically used a similar template to what we talked about with the Philadelphia game with, J- with Jalen Hurts which you can't allow him to leak outside of the pocket and create or extend plays where he can find people downfield. That is exactly what Josh Allen did. And the Saints did not do a good job of doing that. Also, bear in mind that the Saints defense, like I said, early on, got punched in the mouth early on, but later they adjusted, which is the trend that I've been seeing with the black and gold defense. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion is that the, the black and gold defense has been doing a wonderful job. You'll come out and you'll punch them in the mouth. Then the next drive, you end up kicking a field goal, and then you'll have a, a succession of drives in which you're doing punts 
because the Saints will do a good job of finding out what you're doing, then neutralize it, take it away from you, and then turn up the pressure. So I like that is the fact that the Saints want to see what you can do, and when you try to do it, they take it away from you. The only issue is the offense is not doing its service by scoring. They're totally inept. They're totally uh, uh, not on the same page. And to a great degree, the offense is deteriorating right in front of us. And we've seen it in this game where people, this was one of the worst displays I've seen from the Saints offensive line since the Carolina Panthers game, where they don't show any heart. They don't show any gumption. They don't show any uh, intensity, no focus, obviously. And then they get out there and they all got their heads down, their body language is bad. And then Buffalo's pushing them all over the goddamn field. So, I mean, it's, it's pathetic and tragic all at the same time. All right, let's finish up. All right, and Devin Singleton, like I said, uh, Josh had eight for carries for 43 yards. Matt Beretta was also able to get going. Nine carries for 26 yards, which pretty much their back, their starting running back, Zach Moss, was out. Didn't matter. The three of them all together combined for 32 carries for 113 yards to keep the, the, the Buffalo Bills offense on schedule, averaging 3.5 yards per rush. Wasn't great, but it kept them on schedule. And, of course, the receivers. What can we say about Stephon Diggs? Just a man that you love to hate if you're in the Houdat Nation. But Stephon Diggs was, was, was handling his business. He got the ball often whenever he wanted to. Uh, seven catches out of nine targets. And usually when you're throwing that nine times and you get seven of those, t- those targets, you're going to have a good day. And he had a very impactful 74 yards, averaged 11 yards, every almost 11 yards every time he caught the ball, which was a first down every time he caught the damn pass. As long as it was a 28-yard, he had a TD. Now, there was a special play that I remember seeing where you seen Stephon Diggs land, lined up with Laddie Daddy, Marshawn Lattimore, and then all of a sudden he did his little thing with his feet, stuck his feet out there, stepped, and beat Marshawn Lattimore bad was just his feet. He didn't touch him. He didn't even talk to him. He just used his feet, and Laddie Daddy was on the ground, and he was making the, the, the catch <laughs> for the touchdown. I remember pinpointing that in the watch party. I said, hey, listen here. That shit right there, we need to take that film right there and give it to Callaway, give it to Harris, and all of our young wide receivers and see, look at this guy's feet and how he operates, and you need to mimic that shit because you have to have a degree of difficulty as a wide receiver when you're running routes. You can't let the guy covering you see what you're doing where you're just a telegraph machine. You just, just oh, this guy is going to cut to the left, so I'm going to let him do this and that in the third. I mean, you don't break break down the damn route. You know what I'm saying? Dig in a little bit like the wide receiver coaches say. When you run in that route and you see Mike do this, is that you stop and dig into that route. And then, you know, you cut either left or right or wherever you're supposed to go on that play. But if you got a guy holding on to you and he on your hip, you got to know how to not only break it down, but you got to also know how to get that guy. If you got to throw a little arm out there or do a little push where your arms don't out, you know, extend it's ways. And those are the techniques that the wide receivers have to learn. It's not just about going out there and running routes, but it's ways that and things that you have to study. If you want to be the best, or if you want to get open, you're going to have to learn to get open. It goes Payton talked about getting open. Either you can run out, run away from a guy like Deontay Harris, or you can stop. He said, you can run or you can stop. Stop mean if you run it fast and break down and then cut into where you need to go. If the guy up, up all full of you, like Mike Thomas, that's why I love watching film on Mike. Mike, when you all of his work is done within the first five yards when that interaction is made, because usually what the, the cornerbacks will do is they'll put their hands on Mike and Mike aggressively, angrily 
and, and meanly moves their hands off of him while getting them out of the way. And it's a one fluid motion that gets him into his route or wherever he needs to be in that. Sometimes he directs the, the cornerback or the defensive back. And remember, he's double teamed most of the time out of the way so he can make the catch. So this is a skill that most people can't get. But if you're a wide receiver and you want separation, you're going to have to study how guys gain separation. It ain't all about running away from people. You're going to have to know how to dig into the goddamn route sometime and get crisp and even utilize a little trickery like Stephon Diggs did to Marshawn Lattimore's ass, had him dancing around and on the ground while he caught he catching the touchdown. So, I mean, the man you love to hate, but he produces. That's one damn thing. And, of course, outside of him and what he did, they had a couple of guys named Dawson Knox and Matt Breda that caught touchdown passes. Dawson Knox could have had three touchdowns on the day at the tight end position, which we starting to see that tight ends getting involved. Knox could have had three if it wasn't for the, the referee pulling that away from him because the touchdown catch that Knox had, the second one, which was the real second one because the, the referee took it away from him because of the ineligible player downfield by Buffalo, but that man could have had three uh, uh, touchdowns on the day for, for his squad. And, of course, outside of that, man, the Buffalo Bills did what any good team would do. Defensively speaking, they neutralized the Saints, one-dimensionalized them, took their offense away from them, flustered and frustrated their quarterbacks, gave them, gave them looks, uh, and, and beat them up. They hit them and knocked them down on his ass, and the Saints didn't respond to it at all. They kept the pressure up. They, they did the blitz. And Leslie Frazier did an excellent job frustrating the hell out of the Saints offense. Let's give it to, uh, give it to uh, the Buffalo Bills and Leslie Frazier, the former Minnesota Vikings head coach. Excellent coach, man. He running the defense up there uh, for the Buffalo Bills, and he did a special job with his unit against the Saints offense who could not. You know that if, if you stop him from running, put the game on the shoulders of Trevor Simeon, that he won't be able to get it going. And that was the case, and they did it. But, you know, like I said, it was a good job by Buffalo. I can't take it away from them. They executed just like they were supposed to. They did everything they were supposed to do to win the game in a tough environment in the Superdome. And bam, beam, boom, there you go, Saints. So now on the five-game slide, sit up here at five and six, and it's just a uh, four-game? Four-game slide. I'm, I'm sorry. Four-game slide. I'm hoping it's not a five-game slide, but the four games in a row, the Saints have fallen up out of this something gun. And we sitting up here looking at it, and the Saints are five and six right now. And that, my friends, is a joke of epic proportion. All right, let's move on to this. And MO, give me a chance. I'm gonna start, I'm gonna set up the lines momentarily. Let's get into another uh interesting item of news. Deontay Harris appealing the three-game suspension for the DUI uh arrest that occurred when he was out in Maryland, I want to say it was. All right, uh this is from Ian Rappaport, and it's reported today that Saints wide receiver Deontay Harris is appealing a three-game suspension from the NFL, sources said, one that would take him off the field during the 2021 season. Now, Harris played during the Saints' 31-6 loss to the Bills on Thanksgiving as the punt and kick returner while also making one catch for nine yards as a receiver. He was informed of the three-game suspension prior to the game and decided to appeal, which let him play against the Bills and potentially against the Cowboys on the second as the appeal process plays out. Now, notice we said the same thing about what Roger Goodell does. Roger Goodell does this. Roger Goodell waited to, you know, right before the game and say, oh, yeah, you suspended. You know, right before the game, this was the, t- I mean, you had all the time in the world, but why right at the last minute before the game, oh, oh, Deontay, I forgot to tell you, you suspended for three games starting this game. 
right before the game, bro, for real. So, I mean, it's like, okay, the pill process was a smart move by Deontay Harris because what it does is it, 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 he was able to play this game while they go ahead and do it. And ultimately, they're going to kick the appeal out. We know that is probably going to end up happening. And he might not play uh, for against the Dallas Cowboys, but really Deontay in this game was in was in impactful. You know, he had a few kick returns. The kick return team didn't really open up any lanes for him to run in. And he was thrown at five times and only had one ineffective one-yard catch. I mean, one catch in the matchup against the Buffalo Bills. So uh, this is Roger Goodell, and that's why people don't like him. Because he do dumb shit like that right before the game. Oh, Deontay, you suspended for three games starting now. What? And the suspension comes after Harris was sentenced to a one-year supervised probation after pleading not guilty to driving under the influence with an agreed statement of facts following a July traffic incident in Baltimore. He's on probation until November the 8th of 2022. Now, the team and player have known the suspension will likely come in once Harris' case was closed, which appealed in the last few few weeks. It was just a matter of time. And according to NFL policy and program for substance abuse, absent aggravating circumstances, uh, discipline for a first offense DUI is suspension without pay for three games. Discipline for a second or subsequent offense uh, uh, offense is eight games. I know almost already is battling depth issues at wide receiver. Recently signed former Patriots wideout Malcolm Perry to that practice squad, and he could fill the void during a suspension for Harris. Now, so that's not just Malcolm Floyd or whatever his name, Perry, excuse me, Malcolm Perry on the Saints practice squad there, guys, like we've been yelling for for a while. There's Quan uh, Baker that's there. That's Aesop Winston, both of which are kick return and punt return uh, capabilities, both of which are very extremely fast wide receivers, both of which have shown pluses during the time that they've been in the black and gold building. And don't forget, you got your most beloved wide receiver that's on the active roster, Mr. Kevin White. For whatever reason, that you, I guess you stick that into the category along with the Bermuda Triangle and the Sasquatch is why in the hell is Kevin White still on this team? I, I You know, that's like one of them questions that you, people ask you about Bigfoot or the Bermuda Triangle or, or, or is there a hole in the, in the top of the earth? <laughs> those type of questions you don't have an answer for and you stick Kevin White right amongst those. But yeah, anyway, that's why people don't like good Roger the Skunk Cadell because they they handle business like this. You try to take the man away right at game time. But like I told y'all, that's what he was gonna do, man. <laughs> he bastard so underhanded right before the game. Hey, 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 guess what? Deontay, can I talk to you for a second? Yeah, yeah, what's going on, Chief? Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to tell you, you suspended for three games and it starts right now. You got his shit on, it's it's helmet on, mouthpiece are ready to get going. All this stuff on and right before the, let me tell you, can I have a word with you? Yeah, what, what, what is it, Chief? What you got, Chief? Yeah, uh, I just wanted to let you know that you are suspended. Uh, start for three games starting now. Oh, you know, it's just, in that, in that, in that janky? That's janky as hell. Anyway, let's look at this, fam. Inside the NFC uh, playoff picture. We're going to show you the playoff picture right now. The Saints were listed at 749 and say, hey, y'all don't want to play. That's all right. We'll take your place. They are seven now. You see Philly there at number eight, who beat the Saints there on the tiebreaker. Isn't that isn't that uh isn't that peachy? You got the Eagles who own the tiebreaker and the Carolina Panthers that own the tiebreaker. And of course, Atlanta, who's behind you, owns the tiebreaker as well. Currently, as the Saints decide that, hey, we're not gonna play. We don't have enough as a team, uh, play with enough uh emphasis on attention to detail and a 
a ferocious sense of urgency not to lose four straight games, which will affect us in the NFC South as well as our standing in the playoff window. The Saints are currently outside the playoffs window at the 10th spot, five and six behind Philly, a team they lost to, and Carolina, a team they lost to. So it just doesn't get any better than this at time for the Who That Nation as we see uh, how the team is doing. And, of course, you can take a look at the conference uh, standings as you see Tampa Bay position at seven and three right there. Five and no at home, undefeated at home. And Carolina, who owns the tiebreaker currently, are five and six. They are now above you, and now you're sliding ever so closer to the seller. Five and six and losers of four in a row. This is a long time that I ever thought that I would see a New Orleans Saint team lose four in a row. And the the cold-blooded part about it, family, is the team is a a ridiculous garbage two of three in the dome. How, 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 and how are you that bad in the New Orleans Superdome? I don't understand. You're two and three in the dome? How? Well, let's let's go over that. Perhaps Willows is over the carrot with Pat Lothers over the Atlanta Falcons, which you tried to reel back in the last few, couldn't complete that. Uh losses to the, the Giants in the building is another reason. Well, I mean, it's just it's systemically bad right now, offensively speaking, and it takes a lot. Meaning, in terms of first and foremost, before we even talk about anything else, you got to have the effort, and the effort has to match the effort of your opponent. Not only just match it, but then go over their effort, their intensity. You can't beat teams or anybody, even if you're a professional boxer or you're a football team, basketball team, soccer team, uh, a volleyball team, nothing. If you don't match the intensity of your adversary and go over their intensity level, you ain't winning shit. The people going to steamroll your ass. And that's exactly what they did to the Saints offense. And sadly for the defense who really... Gather at the Winter Village at Cameron Run and experience the magic of the holidays with ice and lights. Enjoy a fun, unstructured outdoor family experience. Just a few minutes from Old Town Alexandria. Explore whimsical light displays, snap selfies, and take a spin on the outdoor ice rink. Book your visit early. Calendars fill fast, so make your plans with friends, visitors, guests, or that special someone today. Buy tickets today at CameronIceandLights.com. That's CameronIceandLights.com. Discover a healthier, happier you with Veganuary 2024. Your health isn't just small potatoes, it's a big deal. So this January, you are invited to make a change that matters by trying Veganuary's 31-Day Vegan Challenge. Switching to a plant-based diet reduces your carbon footprint and makes a positive impact for animals. Every meal is a vote for the kind of world you want to create. Ready to make a change? Sign up today at Veganuary.com. Vote for veggies. Or is is or having a bad time dealing with the fact that they are on the field more than half of a sixty minute game is utterly ridiculous and preposterous. As the offense is so stink, so rotten, so uh, deteriorating, ugly, and grotesque that it pulls down all the levels or all the other units of the football team, including the defense and special teams. That's how bad and stink the Saints' offense is. I mean, it's, and we start. And at the head of the criticism line, it's the offensive line. You can come out and do whatever you want after that. If the offensive line does not open up running lanes for you to run the ball, you ain't winning nothing. That's the bottom line. So if you get dominated because the offensive line head is not in the level of the intensity, nobody they'll want to get up off the ass and push the other guy who seems to be in some type of zombie malaise 
then we're going to have issues, major issues. And it'll be interesting to see how Coach Payton, who we played the interview yesterday at the end of the watch party, was totally, 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 totally a beaten man. You couldn't. And listen, people was mad at him. I seen the comments on it, but I'm not going to step on Coach Payton. He was dejected. And he was totally whipped out. He was there. People going to ride on him. Y'all ride on him. Y'all do say whatever y'all going to say. But the reality is he was a beaten man. And it's no explanation to explain how bad the offense from a running perspective was when it wouldn't even let you run for more than two yards uh, every time you ran the ball. And he tried to 25 carries is a decent amount of attempts. And you couldn't do nothing with that. And they were running out of the power eye formation. With, with extra blockers out there, the fullback and everything, and he still could only get 10 yards. That's on the offensive line, man. That's on the offensive line. And when you talking about the young guys, we're talking about the veterans, Teron Armstead, who didn't know his ass from a hole in the ground yesterday. He didn't know when the ball was snapped several times. There were several uh, times, several times where guys ran right past him. He didn't know what he was doing. Uh, same thing with McCoy. Same thing with Ruiz. Ruiz had an opportunity to block. Two guys, not one, but two, and miss both of them. I don't know how you do that. I mean, I, I just, I, I don't know. But the reality is they are regressing as an offense because if you go look at the prior games, you see how they're playing offensively, they're regressing. I don't know what's going on, man. All the thing I know is it's not positive, it's not good, and whatever's going on, somebody need to be pulled out, somebody need to be pulled in, they need to bring some guys in who want to win and turn this thing around because these, if, if, if listen, we're talking mentally speaking here, is that all for you to break a four-game losing streak or a three-game losing streak, and you know your playoffs is on the line, that should be enough for you to get up off your ass and play well enough to beat the Buffalo Bills. The defense gave you a chance. But for the offensive line that can't do that, I don't know. I, I, listen, you can't do it at three. I'm in nice four. I expect you to do it at four, and you're going to run the same guys out there. What can I tell you, bro? I mean, all that I can say is what I can say is it takes energy, effort, and intensity to beat teams coming in here. You got to match the energy. And the Saints, offensively speaking, have no energy and very low IQ. Memory lapses, uh, too late to set up the screens, all this kind of stuff repetitively happened in the game. I laid it out and pointed it in the watch party so people don't just start talking about the backups and start riding on the backups So because the backups are why we lose in these games. No, your offensive line veterans are not executing the screens. They're not executing the run plays. They're not doing anything out there. They did a decent job of pass blocking, but run blocking, they were horrible. Probably one of the worst uh, uh, performances of run blocking since the Carolina game of week two. All right, so with that being said, that's all the news I got for you right now. What I'm going to do next is this is the reaction stream. So, of course, we're going to go uh, and start inviting family members to come in on, uh, you know, and, and come on to the, the uh they come in the building and start saying what they got to say. So we'll see what they, we'll see how it is. So let me drop the link and we'll be at this thing for about an hour and a half here, maybe two hours uh, leading up to it. So we'll do it one at a time like we've been doing. No panel this time, but one at a time. So if you want to jump in, let me pin this thing here. All right. So it's pinned to the top of the chat. You guys want to get in here and get your word in? You, the, the chat's open. Let's see what you got right here. Hit and, and, and do your thing. So feel free, more than one of us in the building. Hit the like button, man. Hit the hell out the like button. Uh, and join us on, on this special post-Thanksgiving stream of the coma entitled Saints Blasted by the Buffalo Bills 31-6. to 
and it is a sad performance, but the Saints are now on a brisk four-game losing streak and no time to rest, baby, because when Thursday come around, you got the hated Dallas Cowboys that'll be in the Superdome. That's right, the same Superdome where the Saints are two and three at. Could you imagine that if I would have told you to start the damn year off that your New Orleans Saints would be two and three in the New Orleans Superdome? You'd be like, you, you tripping. You are you are obviously eating whatever D.C. is sending over there. And I would say, OK, you might have a point on that. But listen, let me tell you something. The reality is, is that there are two and three in the Superdome and better road record than in the Dome. Why? Anyway, that's more questions and more questions and questions of answers of things we'll find out down the road so we'll get it going we'll start off first we got Derek cropper brother madge proms in the building he's next up last saint and then uncle paulie so we'll get one at a time brother cropper welcome to the stream bro how you feeling what's up with your q how you doing who that to you man to you my brother welcome to the stream I'm doing all right bro after this game you know it made it better it was it was thanksgiving so we had some food and family we had some fun and football at the other end was uh, two of the, well, one of the three that didn't go well. So as long as I was good with the two, right. I was all right. There you go, man. Uh, to be honest, man, I just want to ask you a question, man, because I know I know the last few weeks I kind of gave my little take on, you know, what we was going to do moving forward after I seen how we look. Man, do you honestly, you know, do you honestly think that we need to start Taysom for next game? That's number one. And number two, do you honestly see that the way this team is structured now, you know, being with the injuries and, um, you know, with the Dev- Devontae Harris situation, right, with the three games, do you honestly see us making the postseason this year? No, not with this current rendition, bro. And, and I say that because the Saints showed me something offensively yesterday. They quit. They quit with six minutes left to go in the game. And, and I didn't like that. I don't like when – what I yeah, said, they, they, they quit. The offense quit with six minutes left to go. You had this guy, yeah, Trevor Simeon throwing the ball to no man's land and all these type of plays. So, uh, I, I I don't know how they do it, man. To be honest, which I mean, the offensive it starts with the offensive line. The offensive line, right, was not allowing them to run the ball. I mean, Coach Payton several times during the game was instituting a, the the power eye formation, which is one of my favorite plays in football. The power eye. The power eye, you guaranteed to, to get at least two yards, maybe three yards. You operate but, blockers out there, your fullbacks and everything, and it was only getting two but, yards, but, less than but, two but yards. You under, crazy. But, but you got to understand, Q, bro, we, we didn't have our two starting running backs, bro. See, I, I at least thought, like, it made sense. It makes sense what you're saying because in that situation, even with Alvin Kamara being hurt, that's a that's the position I can say – well, you know, we got Mark Ingram. You know, Mark Ingram can get us more than about two, three yards. He can get about four or five of them, you know what I'm saying? But we just didn't have those guys out there. We, we're known to getting – if Alvin touches it, if he's in there, it's like, dude, this four to five, first down, the ball keeps moving. Ingram, to give Alvin a breather, okay, he still gets you about three or four. But when I think I think when I said it uh, before the game started, I said when Ingram said, well, he's ruled out, I said, well, how the hell are we going – how the hell are we gonna get the ball moving? As you can see, the first the first few uh, times, three and out, three and out, three and out, and it's like, well, and then you know, like you said, he was throwing it to no man's land. So I, I just, you know, too many key injuries, you know, and um, and like you said, you know, lack of them, you know, they they gave up, man. It just 
ain't got no fight. And now you're going into a situation where you're still at home, but now you got to go up against Dak, you know, even though they don't have Amari Cooper and uh, you still got to go against uh, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, and you still got Ezekiel Elliott. I just don't understand, even though they lost, but they still scored 33 points. I just don't, I don't even see how we even match with that offensively. Yeah, Derek makes great points here, bro. Uh, I think the Saints would make the Saints offensive line pretty good. It's like, let's, let's look at it, uh, how the Saints offensive line has been over the uh, prior to this year. Even if you're not uh, Mark Ingram or, uh, or, uh, or Elvin Kamara, you should get you a gain success running behind the Saints offensive line when they mind right. Tony Jones, that's how he got the job. Tony Jones got back there and he was running and running well behind the Saints offensive line. And he's a 225-pound running back. Right. He's making plays. So I mean, the, you you can run with the Saints when their mind's right. The the issue is the energy's not there and their mind is not right. The power, like I was talking about the power eye formation. When you have a fullback and the tight ends in there and everybody there, you you should po- you're supposed to get something going. The Saints ran that a, more than a few times with Coach Payton, and they couldn't do nothing. They averaged less than two yards per carry on 25 rushing attempts as a whole on the night. That was absolutely preposterous. At halftime, they had like I think it was what 11 yards rushing. Something like that. So, I mean, it, yeah. was, it, it was ridiculous. But like I said, I think uh, the issue is up front. I mean, even if you would have had Elvin Kamara, he, I mean, uh, um, uh, uh, Mark Ingram in there running in between the tackles, uh, he would have got he got beat the hell up last game because, I mean, it's just ridiculous, man. Like I said, whether it's whatever running back you got back there. I remember last year the Saints had Ty Montgomery. Sure did. He came in there and ran for over 100 yards to keep the the offense on Mm -hmm. schedule. So the Saints offense, if you when their minds right, you could put Ty Montgomery back there. You could put uh, Tony Jones Jr. back there. Those guys give you some yardage. They give you uh, 50 to 60 uh, rushing yards per contest in the mixture with with how Coach Payton likes to do it. But like I said, the problem with the Saints of many problems, I think the O line is the problem because they can't run the ball, and it showed in this game that they just didn't have the will to dominate what Buffalo was doing. And I've seen that happening against Carolina. I've seen that happen sporadically throughout the losses that we occurred when the offensive line just goes out there and they don't have no balls. They have no intensity, no energy. They're out there just going through the motions. And to me, that's detrimental. So how do we overcome that? Man, I, I, it starts with yeah. them. They have to gain, they have to gain that kill instinct back. They have to get that mentality, that domination mentality back. And take over. And what spawns that? Perhaps you're losing three games in a row. Your playoff yeah. <laughs> life is in trouble. I mean, listen, yes. this is this is and I gotta tell listen, brother Derek, coming What's into up? this thing, the mo the, the modus operandi for the Saints, if they needed any uh a motivation outside of you making uh six figures or five figures for playing a child children's game, is the fact that you are currently on a three-game losing streak. You are if you lose yep. this game, you're gonna fall out of the playoff picture for right now, and uh-huh. you're gonna fall fall further back in the NFC South. If that's not enough to motivate you to go out there and just play your ass off, I don't know what will. So with that, that being that, said, I I don't have an answer for that, Derek. You stumped me that, on that, that one. I don't know how they do it, bro. They got to start with the offensive line, do I tell you that much? Yeah, and that's something, man, you know. 
And uh, like I say, man, uh, you know, I just I'm going to continue to watch the games. You know, I, you know, I'm same thing. I don't see how we do it, but uh, I, I can tell you, every time I look at Sean Payton's face, it, it's just more disgust. You know, he just got this disgust look on his face like he's just fed up. So what I what I just say to that is, you know, as far as next year goes, a change is coming. Yeah, something, something, something going See, something got to change. You know what I'm saying? If something ain't working. You know, Sean going. You, you see how he treated the kickers? He was. They dropping like flies. Getting rid of. At the, right. the end of it, that's why. That's why I think he just got this team set in stone right now. But I think next year is when he's going to start making some major moves, and he, a change is coming. So that's basically all I, you know, I can say on that. This is this is who we are. Uh, this is how we're structured. We just, you know, we're going through the motions, man. That's pretty much all I have. All right. Thank you, brother Derek. Uh, I appreciate your honesty and uh, much love to you, my brother. Appreciate you. And who that to you, bro? Who that to you, man? We with you. Who that? Who that? All right. That's brother Derek, man. Appreciate the brother dropping some science. All right. Let's move in. We got brother Prime. Brother Prime, you having a problem with your device, man. We're going to move on to brother Tyrese. You get that fixed. We got Uncle Paula. Paulie on the line behind you. And Jay Nasty is in the building. We got him. Brother Tyrese, welcome to the stream, bro. What's going on, man? How was your Thanksgiving besides the game? Besides the it was, game, it was actually really good, bro. You know, what I'm saying I've been moving around a lot, but I'm glad. I'm probably got everything set up. Everything's good, bro. And um, tough okay. game to watch, bro. But uh, <laughs> we, you know, we've seen worse in the Who That Nation. Yeah, man. Damn straight, we've seen worse. Um, you know, I saw those. I saw those cries that Sean Payton did. You know, I think everybody was ready to eviscerate. And emasculate, old boy. Yeah. But then we saw <laughs> he saw his reaction to the game. He wasn't he wasn't cocky. He wasn't you know berating reporters or anything like that. He was beat. He was beat. It was like he accepted shame. And you know why? You know why I know how he feels the way that he feels, man. Because he don't have he don't have a capable quarterback. He don't have Jameis Winston. No matter the occasion, whether it's a date or a family holiday outing, daytime ice skating at Cameron Run Regional Park is sure to delight. Just minutes from Old Town Alexandria, skate on the outdoor rink and stay warm with hot chocolate or make s'mores over a fire pit. This unique winter experience is only available for a limited time. Open daily December 18th through 30th and weekends in January and February. Buy tickets today at CameronIceandLights.com. That's CameronIceandLights.com. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Cuz he out and he don't got Taysom Hill because, you know, his foot jacked up. I mean, Jameis Winston had the same 
wide receiver core, and he was going ballistic. Like, in my opinion, he was going ballistic, you know, outside of Alva Kamara. And, uh, you know, man, I said, I said to Trevor Simeon start, oh, uh, we're going to go 0-4. You know, we got a lot of, we got a lot of issues, you know, on the Saints team. But, you know, it's just a, it's just a quarterback thing, you know. That's, that's pretty much it. It's just a quarterback thing. You know, you got all these quarterbacks in the league. They got, you know, bad O-lines, uh, bad wide receivers. But the thing that separates them is a quarterback that can run around and make something happen. You know, y'all probably sick and tired of hearing me say this, man. But look, it's a, it's a, it's a quarterback thing. Once you switch that quarterback out, you got the possibility and the chance to go on the run. You know, this playoff picture ain't over yet. It's going to be over. If, if Trevor Simeon started against the Cowboys, the, the, the playoff is over. Uh, it's time to tank. And we can get a good – we can get a nice wide receiver in the draft next year. You know, a nice, fast wide receiver because them boys in the practice squad are not going to be used. Okay? Um, that concussion and that foot injury really messed us up. You know, if you wanted to say 50-50 or 60-40 snaps, then the games would have been more competitive. Um, it's definitely time for a change. Um, it's definitely time for a change, man. If James Winston wasn't here, we'd be fine. I mean, the guy was scrambling. He was running around. That's what you need, you know, with a, with a Taysom Hill. You know, people, people keep on saying stack in the box with eight people or whatever. I mean, the guy can still throw a ball. You know, it can't be much worse than what you're seeing right now. You know, at least he can score in the first half. You know, uh, the the offense completely stopped playing in the fourth quarter. You know, I thought, you know, I thought Trevor Simeon was going to turn into Peyton Manning or something in that fourth quarter, the way he just suddenly out of nowhere scored that touchdown. But, you know, the defense gave up, the offense damn sure gave up. And look, man, I got faith in this Cowboys game, man. I think we're going to, I think we're going to win this Cowboys game. You know, I think we're going to beat the Cowboys, you know, by, by a touchdown or so, you know, I just think that's, I just think that's going to be the case. You know, you put Taysom Hill in the game, you know, this, uh, this offense, I'm telling you, man, listen, only, only thing I've been wrong about these past uh, years that I've been on your channel BQ is about who's going to start as the quarterback. I, I ain't going to lie to you, man. That's the only thing I've been wrong about. Only thing I've been, only thing your boy been wrong about is, is who's gonna uh, start as the quarterback this season. Okay, I ain't gonna stun on you, man. Listen, you start Taysom Hill and that fire gonna burn so rapidly and so badly, man. I mean, lightning gonna strike the ground, sandstorms, tsunami waves, hurricane strikes. It's gonna look horrible and destitute for these opposing teams because you got the threat of a quarterback moving to the right, moving to the left, ain't nothing to work running down the field, man. You know, so I got faith. I got faith, man. Listen, this defense, this juice boys nonsense, you know, they can throw that out the window. Okay. They can, because I mean a, a juice boys team is gonna um is gonna keep the offense in the game no matter what. Now, don't get it misconstrued, you know, the defense did what they could do. You know, they, they got the third and outs against Josh Allen. I mean, the you know, don't don't get it uh mistaken. The Bills, the Bills are an elite. AFC team. I mean, they're they're fighting they're fighting the Titans and the Patriots for that number one seed. Okay, and you know it's not they they did what they could, you know, but they they did what they could, but you know they got back on the field, they got toasted, you know they started doing a whole bunch of stupid stuff, you know, like Marshawn Lattimore doing a handshake celebration 
on third and inches when Josh Allen could have literally, you know, stuck out and got the first down on that fourth, you know. But you, you know what I'm saying? That, that's it. You know, Sean Payne's not going to start eating book, <laughs> you know. I mean, what you, what you got to say about that, Big Q, you know? I can't hear you. Uh, yeah, a good commentary, bro. Great commentary. Uh, I, I just think that uh, Trevor Simeon was an issue um, last game. This 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 last game, Thanksgiving game, he was a big issue. He was throwing to no man's land, overthrowing six foot four wide receivers. I mean, he's his head simply in the game. But what else could Coach Payton do if you go back and watch the film? They couldn't run the ball. You know, they couldn't set up screens the way he wanted to. It was just pathetic. It was pathetic, shameless ball. And then, of course, the intensity wasn't there. And we talk about reserves. Listen, and, and listen, if you're a person that play for a professional football team and I'm the head coach and we got a general manager and I bring you in here. I know you're not better than the guy that I got started, but don't you think I know that when I bring you in here? All I want you to do, if injury was to occur. To the guy ahead of you, step in, do your job. Do your job if you're an offensive lineman means blocking and making the and, and executing the plays properly. That's why we practice. If you can't set up a screen in the real game, you obviously can't set it up in practice. So I need to get your ass up out of here. So, I mean, it, what I'm saying is injuries are a part of the game. If you're an offensive lineman or a quarterback that's coming in there, you know, you have to do your part. You cannot turn the game, the ball over. You can't be up the field when you don't belong. You have to understand what your role is and what you need to do. And every individual player has to beat the guy in front of them for the team to have success overall. That's what professional sports or professional football is all about. So this is nothing new with the black and gold insofar as when injuries occur. And I give it, it's a lot of goddamn injuries. But still in all, did we not understand and know that the Saints coming off the hundred million dollars from the previous season that they couldn't afford to bring in people and that they will have to win with young, younger players on the roster? And these young players are good players. It just takes time during the time you have to be able to develop in which you have to be successful and productive. And a lot of these players have some of them haven't. So the, the take on Coach Pate now going forward is. Can he inspire these players, both veteran and younger players, to be on the same page? Because the issue is they're not on the same page and they're not executing. Teron Armstead, for those, and I keep saying the same shit so we can get a line here, because Teron Armstead, McCoy, and Ruiz were all missing blocks yesterday and wasn't setting up the screens properly. This is out there on field. But so where is the commentary on them as opposed to the people saying, oh, it's the injuries. Whatever you want to use to go to sleep at night to feel safe and secure in your mind, go ahead and use it. But the film is telling you there's execution issues on where they're not on the same page. That's what's going on. The players are not executing. Both starters and guys that were role players become starters because of injury are not on the same page. So how do you do that? That's up to Coach Payton to figure that out, uh, to figure out how he electrifies these guys to get them to get on the same page. But you, when you are losing like this and you're not lo- used to losing, 
you're supposed to get pissed off. It starts with getting pissed off. It starts with that, and then moving forward to say, listen, we got to take it serious. We got to handle one game at a time, and we got to kick ass and take names. Uh, don't take any names, but the defense is doing the best they can do. They are responding. The offense is not there, man. They are not there, and they're dragging the rest of the units of the whole team completely down in the drink. So as Coach Payton's unit, you'll have to figure that out. But no, I don't think the Saints are tanking. Tanking is not in the who that vocabulary. So no, we're not <laughs> tanking for no goddamn draft picks because that's not guaranteed either. Uh-huh. Coach, Coach Payton is one thing I know about Coach Payton is that he's going to try to win every damn game to the best of his ability. Sometimes he might call a crazy game. Sometimes he might pass a little more than run, and that can throw that can kind of incense me at times because it does. But at the end of the day, that guy out there, your head coach of New Orleans Saints, is not a tanking ass head coach. He's going to fight for every game and try to get the right people on the field. So it's up to him. This is a tough stretch for Coach Payton to be in with everything going on. He'll have to figure out to go because there's still a lot of football left for family members saying, Q, we ain't making no playoffs. A lot of stuff can happen between there and at the end of the season. And I caution you to don't throw the Saints in the I'm not, they're not making the playoffs basket until after they're mathematically eliminated. Then you say that. But there's always a chance because that's how it is in football. These guys can something could happen and something can turn on. We you never know. That's why I refuse to eliminate them and throw them in too much football that show me at times that teams can turn it around and get on the right side of things. So, Tyrese, I'm going to give you the flow, bro, then I'm going to move on to the next family member. Yes, man, you're exactly right. You know, the Saints team is still, you know, mathematically in. You know, we still have a chance to beat the Panthers. Look, we can still – the Saints can still run the table. You know, if there's anything that I learned from, um, you know, watching football these past years, because I've been watching Saints since 2006, right? Is that you know this game is full is is made of two things. It's made of logic and emotion. Logic to execute formations and plays, and emotion for morale. And um, this uh, Saints offense need it needs emotion. Um, you know it's very robotic and just and just business like. So if you if you make it, you do it. If you fail, you fail. And we've been failing a lot. And um, you know, the Saints team is not a tanking team. I've been seeing a lot of people say, tank this, tank that. Nah, this team still got a lot more football to play. And um, get ready. Get ready, y'all. Look, I'm, I'm, making, I'm making my statement right here. Um, next next week, if everything goes the way that I uh, intended to go, you know, crystal ball like and all that, you know, 4K, 60 frames per second, I, I predict us going on a huge run. A huge run. <laughs> yeah, that's all that's all I gotta say regarding that. All right, Tyrese, thank you, bro, for chiming in. Much love to you, my brother. Who that to you, man, and keep keep your uh who that head up, bro. We're gonna be we're gonna see what happens, man. It's just a tough stretch of football. And the only thing we could do is see is see where it leads, man, one game at a time, bro. So who that to you, bro? You too, man. And, and get some positivity, big Q. I mean, come on, man. It's everything everything's gonna be all right. At least I, 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 I thought I was being positive. I was saying that they was not gonna, they wasn't tanking, and they would be in the play. I mean that. I mean, it's it's kind of it's people a lot. We we kind of somber about that thing because this was a bit. This was there was nothing to pull out of this game. They got stumped thirty-one to six, and usually when that happens, uh, 
you know, you're going to have a little somberness in it, but I think I am being positive. Uh, usually I, you know how I can get, I could be a lot more, uh, raw than what I am. So I think I'm being a little reserved and a little bit more positive, not eliminating the saints from the playoff race and seeing that they can get this thing changed around. So we'll see how I go, but I appreciate yes, Tyrese and we'll, I'm gonna holler at you later, bro. Who that? Who that? That's brother Tyrese, the last saint, man. Much love to him. We're going to bring in Brother uh, Prime, and big ups to the fam in this thing, man. Much love to you. Got Brother Prime coming up next, then Uncle Paulie, Jay Nasty, Brother Cedric, and then the OG himself, Brother Jerry, will be bringing him in on the back end of that thing. But big ups to the rest of the family members. Thank you all for joining me in this thing on this uh, Friday stream, uh, post-Thanksgiving stream. And one of the family members was asking me what I think about Jameis coming back. Man. Uh they heard something about Saints not letting James, you know, not interested in James coming back. Well, anything can happen, bro. Uh, I, I think James should be out, at least given an opportunity. I don't think he would cost a lot of money being that he's coming off that injury. I think if, and really the Saints don't have a lot of money to spend going into this next cycle, unless coach Payton does something that he's not accustomed to doing, which means he starts with a young inexperienced quarterback and learns him the rope moving ahead which is something that he never did. I don't, you know, starting or trying to win with an inexperienced quarterback, say an Ian book. I don't see that occurring. If you got Ian, his, unless he breaks his, uh, his record or, or ways of doing things, coach Payton likes working with guys that has experience. Now he'll probably give a young guy a chance down the line as after he gains his trust and he can see what he can do. But for right now, I, I don't see why the saints wouldn't want to offer Jameis Winston a contract. He's not going to cost him a lot of money being that he's coming off of this injury. Plus, he'll be rehabbing with them. So why not go with Jameis? Why not? You give Taysom Hill $10 million a season for the next 40 years with all these incentives, these escalating incentives inside of the contract. What you know, why not give Jameis there? And he they were winning under Jameis. And of course, Jameis has a, a good history of playing football here and collegiately as well. So I don't understand why they wouldn't go in that direction. But like you said, anything is possible. We don't know exactly what these people are thinking, but uh, I would actually, you know, see about Jameis first and see what he can do. And that's my, my call on it. But so let's bring brother prime in and get his thoughts on it. Hit the like button family. Got a well over a hundred of us in here. Hit the like button. Uh, uh, if you're enjoying the stream, also subscribe. If you're not a subscriber, feel free to share the show on your social media feed. It doesn't matter where uh, Instagram, Reddit, uh, TikTok, it don't matter. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.